What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You had a very specific goal. Yeah. And you knew that's all you had to accomplish. And you didn't really have to think about everything else. Mm-hmm. But what I've found since being out of school, life is not that simple. No. Nope. There is so much <laughs> stuff going on. There is no like, oh, just stay on this path and you'll be fine. Hey guys, welcome back to The Random Theory. I'm Grace and we have a special guest with us today. I can't even believe that I have the honor of sitting in this room with him. Uh, He is someone that I've looked up to for a very long time, especially when I first got into this creating space and pulled onto T-Core. We have the one, the only, the James Hobson, the Hacksmith here with us today. Thanks for having me, Grace. Of course. It's, uh, It's pretty surreal being back here. I was last year, last year back in, I don't know, end of 2018 i think yeah and it's pretty crazy to be even just stepping foot in here yeah because uh grant was a, a big part of my life as well and mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty surreal being back here and it's i'm glad to be here thanks i'm glad you're here honestly um when you sent me the instagram dm that you're gonna be here i was like let's go this is so <laughs> sick <laughs> um so i guess kind of give everyone a rundown of who you are and sure. if they don't know i mean if you don't know James, I, there's a problem there, but like, <laughs> sure. um, but yeah, give us a rundown of who you are and what you do, and then we'll go from there. All right. So I've been on YouTube since 2006. That's crazy. That's shortly after the platform was created. It was yeah. created in 2000, end of 2005, made public, I think early 2006. Okay. I signed up in April. Wow. So I've been making videos for a long time. And back then it was literally just a way to share videos because sure. internet was a lot slower back then. Like if, yeah. you, if you made a video, it was pretty hard to show your friends. And then mm-hmm. YouTube popped up. As I continued in my professional life, I became an engineer. Nice. And then I started making videos about engineering projects and whatnot. Cool. And even then, it was just a way to document my projects. I used to write a blog and I'd, I'd do a little video showing what I'd made yeah. and whatnot. And as I was graduating um, university with a bachelor's of engineering, that's when YouTube opened up the partner program. And I was like, mm. oh, I could make money off of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, I started making videos pretty much on a weekly basis. Didn't have much success. But sure. um, Grant was actually a big inspiration back then because that was quite literally right around the time that he was starting to pop off from like 100,000 subscribers up to a million. Wow. So I saw that original growth curve. I'm like, well, if Grant can do it, I can do it. Yeah, right? absolutely. <laughs> um. And I had actually reached out to Grant. I was I was one of those YouTubers. I was like, collab, please. Please, question mark, <laughs> And THX, since, since then, I've realized. And uh, Grant replied. That's Lots awesome. Lots of YouTubers don't even reply. Yeah. And he actually just gave me like super valuable advice. Even though I was asking for a collab, he, he basically said, it's just like, focus on the videos, yeah. make really good projects, and the views will come. Right. And by the time you've done that, people will want to collab with you. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't it's not even a question it's just like when can we do it right and um 
I kept going from there. I made more videos. Still didn't have much traction. Sure. Not too sure what kept me going. But eventually I had... Passion. A, a, pure passion. Yeah. Uh, I had a few videos that kind of took off. I did some Wolverine Claws, which was my first oh, yeah. Make It Real project. That was in 2009, I think. Um, we, we had another big project that really started the channel, and that was the Elysium Exoskeleton build. Oh, wow. And then um, after that, I shortly after quit my job. And then we had another project, the Captain America Electromagnet Shield. Yeah. And that's what took our channel from 100,000 subscribers to like a million in like, I don't know, like two or three months. Wow. Suddenly we were like a mid-level channel and <laughs> it, it was awesome. Everything was growing. We were able to spend more money on projects, yeah. hire people. Everything was growing. And quite literally a few years later, I get a text from a random number and it's Grant. That's awesome. And he's like, I've been watching what you're doing. It's it's awesome. I'd love to come visit. I was like, <laughs> it was really funny because it was like, hey, this is Grant Thompson. I'm like, how did he get my number? How did he find me? <laughs> how did he find me? <laughs> and he came and he visited and it was, it was awesome. Learned a lot from him. And um, that was shortly after the period of when he um, transitioned to Nate hosting yeah. the channel. He was basically, he kind of took like a sabbatical where he was visiting other creators mm -hmm. that he that he was inspired by. Yeah. And I was like super honored that like, what I was doing was like for sure cool to him and he's like you're doing what I want to do yeah and um like doing bigger projects and stuff and we did a video and it was it was really cool um since then our channel kept growing and 13 million subscribers I was about to say, today you guys just surpassed 13 million yeah, didn't it, you? it's pretty crazy like surreal <laughs> numbers are like as a youtuber you get pretty blind to numbers yeah but when you actually sit back and like think of it like 13 million people that's a third of the population of Canada is it really? Yeah, we're, we're at like 37 million people or something. That's crazy. Like, it's like a it's third of my country. Yeah. Is Hexmith. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's absolutely mind blowing. Um, so, yeah, our, our channel has changed a lot over the years. We, we grew to a team as well. We've got co-hosts and that was a tricky transition oh, as yeah. well. Just just like on the King of Random yeah. and something that you're dealing with now too is just like For sure. it's it's really hard because people don't really realize like we're people behind this. Oh know? yes. We're doing the best we can. Literally. And trying to make the best channel we can and it's just like it's really important to see those fans who are like rooting for you to 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 make it, you know. To keep succeeding. Yeah. yeah, and to take a step back and just realize the impact you're making on people. Mm -hmm. So for you, how did you jump into engineering how was how did you discover that passion and that that was where you wanted to go and like what you wanted to do so high school for me actually okay and the funny thing what i grew up without a tv nice. so i wasn't actually more um, kids should grow up without TV. <laughs> yeah i wasn't very like into pop culture or anything yeah when i was young um so i actually like had like zero inspiration for engineering and stuff like i didn't even watch the mythbusters like i didn't even wow. know what that was but one of my electives in high school in grade nine was integrated tech. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. So Are I took sure? that class. And as I continued to take those tech classes all four years of, of high school, I realized that's that's engineering. Yeah. Designing things, manufacturing things. And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, this is this is what I like to do. Yeah. So there it was a pretty clean cut path. I'm like, going to go to engineering school. Yeah. Don't know what's going to happen after that, but going to go to engineering gonna school. Going to do it. <laughs> and um I actually missed that because it's just like you had a very specific goal. 
Yeah. And you knew that's all you had to accomplish. And you didn't really have to think about everything else. Mm-hmm. But what I've found since being out of school, life is not that simple. No. Nope. There is so much stuff going on. <laughs> there is no like, oh, just stay on this path and you'll be fine. Yeah. During school, that's all you have to do. Just stay on the path until you graduate. Yep. And then you'll have to figure it out. Yeah. And I kind of met, like, I know I was stressed back then because, like, engineering school is hard. It but is. But it was still a very specific, like, journey. And um, the journey I'm on now is not something I could have predicted sure. in any way. <laughs> um, I'm re- very grateful for it, but it's just like, you never know what life's going to bring you. And yeah. Education's the first step. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the, the big thing for me with engineering is it is so vital. It's problem solving, really. It is. It teaches you how to problem solve. And every engineering class I took, I just appreciated that aspect of it. It's trial and error. It's trying a code. It's building something. It's taking it apart. It's being willing to fail. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes (laughs) it's even like building something and then ripping it down again to understand what went wrong or what worked and how you can use that in another aspect. What kind of engineering did you go to school for? Uh, mechanical systems. Okay. So it wasn't strictly mechanical engineering. It was a bit of mechatronics as well. So cool. automation and robotics and things like that. Sweet. And I really like mechanical engineering and especially mechanical systems engineering because it kind of gives you a taste of it all. Yes. Like with a mechanical engineering degree, you could go into aviation. Mm-hmm. You could go into space. You could, yeah. Like it's it's and that's a nice thing because engineering is kind of like that base building block knowledge it is and really like you can go to more specific things in university like you go into chemical engineering or yep. architecture or whatever and that's going to send you on that path a lot sooner mm-hmm. but the beauty with base level mechanical engineering and actually like a lot of engineering programs the first year or two of all programs are almost all the same yeah because it is that base level problem solving and the beauty is you can kind of follow it wherever you end up wanting to go with a career right the tricky part is you can kind of get stuck Mm -hmm. so you just have to make sure to keep those options open because if you if you spend 10 years doing one really specific niche thing yes that doesn't really apply outside that niche now you might have to be stuck in that career for a little while Mm -hmm. so i've really enjoyed being a jack of all trades in both my engineering career and on YouTube because it's, yeah. it's it's so much fun learning new things and applying them in different ways. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really why I do YouTube. Yeah. And I think that's so cool. I think mechanical engineering, I have a friend that's a mechanical engineer. He's still in school, but he builds robots and he was a part of our high school's like robotics team and stuff. Yeah, I, I was in a skills can of robotics. Yeah. <laughs> won, the, won the national competition in 2007, actually. Did you really? We that's had this, so cool. this uh, soccer playing robot. It sounds a lot cooler when you say that. You imagine like an actual robot with legs and yeah. things. No, it had wheels. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and it's so funny because anytime I have like, a because me- I'm not, I did not go to school for mechanical engineering or engineering period. But like whenever I have a question, I always call him and he's more <laughs> than happy to like yep. lend his advice, lend his help. Shout out to Jacob. Really appreciate you. <laughs> um, but it's so unique. It's so funny because I'm over here programming this little thing that he probably did when he was a freshman and he's over here like building robots that like lift things and put them on shelves and lower them and then like pull them back to like win robot competitions and so like i'll facetime him like trying to like put little cords together and he's like showing me his robot that's like (laughs) 
has a mind of its own essentially just can like roll around the room and just like help him do whatever it needs like he needs and like whatnot but I just think it's so cool because there's so many aspects and the world is turning more to robotics and I mean you're yep. <laughs> you're seeing that at your at Herc which yep. is your campus yeah Hacksmith Engineering Research Campus because Every company needs a good acronym. Oh, yeah. Shield or Avengers. <laughs> NASA yeah. literally has like people on staff that are just in charge of acronyms to make it appealing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Kevin, he used to work here at T-Core. He was a part of that team that helped like make oh, up the cool. acronyms. Yeah. That's so fun. You got to have a good acronym. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm planning on the nice thing is our, our property is right along the major highway uh-huh. in Ontario. That's so so cool. I figure if I play my cards right. I can make our city known like the home of Hacksmith Industries. It's just like when you think of yeah. Kitchener Waterloo or Waterloo Region, you think Hacksmith Industries. And the trick of doing that is just make a cool building on the side of the road. Yeah. And I figured there's two easy ways of doing that. One is with the acronym. Mm-hmm. So you throw up a big Herc sign. And the beauty is it's just like, what's that mean? Yep. <laughs> you spark that little bit of creativity in every one of the couple million people who drive pa- past yeah. every day. It's like, what is that company? What is Herc? Herc? What, what is that? <laughs> and the other idea, which is actually super easy, you buy an old like fighter jet or a tank, <laughs> you rent a crane, and you plop that on your roof. And suddenly <laughs> you're the only building along the entire highway that has a random fighter jet on the roof. That's so hilarious. maybe we'll do that too. And I figured to be extra cool, you could find like an old fighter jet and then modify it a bit, you know? Yeah. Make it seem like it. It's legit. It works. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> what I could do is like, what if you design that, that it could like lower down and disappear. So then as people drive past, they see it some days I know and they, they don't, don't see it other days. And they're like, is that, Where a, is it? Is that jet flying? That's so cool. <laughs> you know, you just do these little things. And that's something I've realized recently is like one of my true passions beside engineering is actually like experiential design. Yeah. Making people think and experience things. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the stuff I'm doing at Herc, I'm thinking I'm thinking long into the future of when I'm doing tours for kids or yeah. student groups and stuff like that. I want them to come into the, 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 the building mm-hmm. and really like experience something. Yeah. Like this is a like this is what you can do. Mm-hmm. You know? What was your first project that you were like i'm sticking with this for a long time okay so i think first project back in high school um it was after we won the robotics competition Mm -hmm. and we had learned how to build this robot and it was remote controlled it wasn't actually automated or anything there was no ai yeah we were controlling it with a remote and it could shoot soccer balls that's That's so cool it It was fun um we were very focused and the the funny thing was that robot was like the first like mechanical engineering project me and my business partner who works with me today yeah we've been friends since high school it was the first actual engineering project we did and when we got back after we won we're just like wow this, this is really cool yeah um so one of our first personal projects we did i had an old razor kick scooter oh yeah and we took one of the extra motors that we had used for the robot and we actually installed it on the scooter. We made an electric scooter. That a is A good like awesome. 15 years before Lime was a thing, before oh any electric gosh. scooters was a thing. And it was fast. It probably <laughs> did like 30 kilometers an hour. Oh my god! And we would ride it around the school. You guys were cruising. E- even though you're like, we were not allowed to do that. Sure. But the beauty was our, our school was kind of like, it was a big square. Mm-hmm. So there was a hallway that went all the way around. Oh, nice. So the beauty was you could be ripping down the hallway. Uh-huh. And by the time the teacher made it to the door to reprimand you, yeah, you, were, you were already gone. You're <laughs> down the next ha- hallway. And um, yeah, I think that was the first project where it was like, man, 
building stuff is fun. Like, yeah. You make cool stuff. And it kind of just like blew up from there. One of our next big projects that we did together was we took a 1993 Honda Del Sol and the guts of an electric forklift and we converted it to electric. That's amazing. And it was a project well before its time. Sure. This was before Tesla yeah. had cars. And it was really cool. The issue was, for some reason, the insurance companies didn't trust a car converted to electric by a couple of 18-year-olds. <laughs> I so, wonder why. <laughs> um, we had a few not-so-legal test drives down some country streets. Sure. The car worked. The issues were the batteries. We were using like used car batteries. Like, oh, we had, like yeah. six of them from the college or something. You were like, what, 18 out there being Yeah, cute. we, we like, couldn't afford anything You're either. like, I'll use whatever you can <laughs> give me. Like, this is great. But it was the first example of trying to do like a big project that was yeah. definitely way out of our budget range. Sure. But we made it work. And yeah. it was the first, it, it really started the ball rolling of like, this is, this is really cool. And it was one of the first projects that I covered. Like, we literally had a blog. I think it's still online, actually. Really? I'm pretty sure it's still up, which is kind of cool. That's it's like awesome. a time capsule. Yeah. Like there's like 40 posts. Oh, my gosh. Of like the steps from like day one to day 40 and whatnot. So that was definitely what kind of like really reinforced the engineering is what I like to do. Yeah. And me and Ian, my business partner, we we kind of kept working on projects on the side. And that's that's what slowly evolved into YouTube. So when mm -hmm. YouTube was created, then I started like sharing videos on there instead of just writing blog yeah. posts. Then the blog died off completely and it was just video. Yeah. Which was also kind of like before its time. Like mm -hmm. it like it used to be blogs were the big thing. Yeah. And then YouTube started growing and just doing YouTube videos is is enough these days. Like, right. So yeah, it, it kept growing from there. And my first make it real project was the Wolverine Claws. Mm -hmm. And the reason that project happened was just because I was working at a machine shop for one of my internships. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be cool to be Wolverine for Halloween. So I asked my boss, I'm like, could I use the machines on the weekend to make Wolverine claws? And for some reason he said yes. Because <laughs> if you think about it, Wolverine claws are kind of like brass knuckles with blades, which makes them kind of dangerous. You must have thought you were a weapons. trustworthy person. <laughs> possibly illegal in most countries <laughs> um, but that was my first like make it real project and yeah. there's a reason I came up with the term make it real mm -hmm. I didn't start making videos like that for years later right but it was the first actual project I did that kind of like was into that realm of things and I was just like mm -hmm. you know this is kind of cool and as I started doing more things and like with the Elysium exoskeleton that's when I realized like this could be a pretty big niche on the internet yeah. Um, because it's taking pop culture ideas mm -hmm. and it's trying to use real world engineering and technology to, for lack of a better word, make it real. Wow, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the cool side effect that I honestly didn't think about and was not planning whatsoever, even though I wish, wish I was, mm -hmm. is the fact that doing these videos actually inspires youth around the world yeah. to look into the STEM fields. Yes. And... That was a really cool side effect. I just yeah. wanted to make cool stuff. And it turned out me making cool stuff was inspiring other people to make cool right. stuff and other people to pursue engineering or science mm -hmm. careers, which is what the world needs because technology is what pushes society forwards. Yeah. And it's been um, it's been a real honor to be able to inspire so many people. And it's definitely, um, it's felt really good. <laughs> good. Yeah. I mean, I remember my parents, they're huge Star Wars fans. Number one, like huge. Our dog's name is Ray. If that gives like, <laughs> like literally we are like diehard Star Wars fans. I will never forget the lightsaber video, which I'm sure you get 
all the time. But my parents, when I say they watched this on repeat, they watched it on repeat because like my dad was just so mind blown that this was even wow. physically possible that this could be real life. Like the like it's not even the youth that you're impacting. You're impacting generations of people to expand their horizons, to awesome. just be willing to like open their mind to things that weren't or never thought were possible. Like yep. The fact that you turned a car into something electric <laughs> way back before it was supposed to happen and like an electric scooter way before it was supposed to happen just shows that, you know, if you let your imagination run wild and you let your creativity happen, like nothing is impossible. Yep. Like you can continue to <laughs> achieve and try and like fail because like there are failures along the way. Like, yeah. And it's important that we, we show those failures because nothing ever works out the first time. No, like, <laughs> nothing. I don't think I've ever done a project where I got a result the first time. Like yeah. if that happens, kudos to you, like hats off to you. But like it doesn't happen like that. And, and that's the tricky thing on YouTube because you've got to make a choice. So you're going to are you going to show the problems or are you going to yeah. show this polished thing? And there's channels that have gone both ways. Yeah. Sometimes we don't show all the problems because right. maybe they're like too nitty gritty, but we definitely feel and we try and keep in as many problems as possible mm -hmm. as a way of teaching the audience and showing them that yeah. it's okay to mess up Yeah, because how many people out there got discouraged mm -hmm. when they tried making their first project and then just gave up? Yeah. How many of those people could have maybe gone on to invent something that changes the world? Mm -hmm. You got no idea. And unless... The people in like media or us on yeah. YouTube show that it's okay to make mistakes, that that's part of the learning process. That's mm -hmm. part of problem solving. You can go on and do so much more. Yeah. Like imagine, pick literally any inventor. Yeah. And if they gave up like the 99th time before yeah. inventing the light bulb. Yeah. How long would it have been before we ended up being a light bulb? How different would society be? So it's like never, never forget that you have the possibility to change the world. Mm-hmm. But if you don't try, you'll never know. You'll never know. Yeah. Like you'll never know what you're capable of. You'll never know what you can do, like what you can achieve. What was probably one of your toughest moments as a creator or as James, <laughs> like with a project that you were just like, I want this to succeed with all my being. <laughs> I mean, there's our most recent project, the uh, the Mega Hex, the giant hydraulic this is amazing, hexapod. But yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to pick a, a specific one when you're trying to make things from fiction. Yeah, there's a point where you're like, okay, the technology isn't quite there yet. Sure. And usually that's when it kind of is like, okay, maybe we'll wait a bit. Yeah. And that's honestly the one of the things that keeps me excited for the future. Mm -hmm. Is as soon as battery technology makes a paradigm shift. Yeah. And by a paradigm shift, I mean ten times, a hundred times mm -hmm. the capacity and power that we have right now. That's gonna unlock so many things oh, like 99% yeah. of sci-fi tech is possible with a bit more power hmm. so people always joke about our projects being so heavy and they they usually are pretty yeah, heavy yeah because either we have to carry a huge heavy battery pack yeah or whatever but the reality is like once we leap forwards in yeah. battery tech whether it's like some crazy solid state tech that hasn't come out yet or some kind of like tiny Mm -hmm. <laughs> nuclear power you know yeah there's there's so many possibilities and i'm super excited for that future because it's just gonna it's gonna revolutionize like everything oh absolutely like, 
it'll get rid of gas for sure. Yeah, like, <laughs> won't need electric it. jets that like can fly around the world multiple times before recharge. Like that's unreal. It, it's crazy to think of what is possible in the future, and that's that's what's really exciting. What mm-hmm. keeps me excited about learning and becoming a better engineer and yeah. increasing my skill set. So yeah, so a lot of our projects have cords. Yeah, <laughs> because it's like, well, we can still show off this cool thing. It just has to be plugged into this 30 amp circuit in the wall. <laughs> and I think that's kind of cool because it's just like we get to play around with some of those technologies and imagine what it would be like when batteries become limitless. That powerful. That's crazy. I've never looked at it from like that perspective of power being the thing yep. that's holding us back. Yeah. But I think what's so cool is I think we're in such a unique age of technology where stuff is very much teetering on the edge of like the tipping point versus like, like what's the next tech to come out? Like what's next? Like what's going to push the next boundaries of stuff? It's a pretty exciting age to live in. Even I I talked about this in my Ted talk years and years ago, but the fact that like we can go online and order a jet engine. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like if you have the means and the imagination Mm -hmm. and the willpower to make something crazy, you can buy the parts that you need to make it happen and you can create something new out of something that exists. And that's a big, big part of my channel and actually how I came up with the name Hacksmith. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea of the Hacksmith is a jack of all trades. And it's obviously playing heavily into the name Blacksmith. And the reason I did that was because way back then, Mm -hmm. the Blacksmith was the general maker of society yeah he was the tool maker he was the weapon maker he was the armor smith mm-hmm. he could make jewelry he could fix the the horses um that's awesome. horseshoes yeah. you name it um and blacksmithing was kind of like the first engineering if you mm-hmm. think about it and since then it's spread off into all these different um diverging fields that's and so cool that's why i came up with hacksmith because the idea was like a 21st century blacksmith yeah he's not actually a blacksmith he's just a jack of all trades like right able to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that mm-hmm. to solve bigger problems that's so cool yeah i love listening to like <laughs> origin stories and how people came to be and like find their niche and find what they're passionate about because passion is at the root of everything that we do yep. as humans to find that passion and like this was your passion project very much in the same way that T-Core was Grant's passion project like this it, yep. he never intended it to be a full-time job but then it yeah, becomes he, that he originally started doing it because he wanted to learn how to make things yeah I still remember when um, I came to visit he had just gotten a 3D printer and he was just learning 3D CAD mm-hmm. and um, he wanted me to help teach him a little bit yeah about 3D modeling and I remember he got right into it. I was like, okay. <laughs> and it wasn't even the software I had used. He, I think he was using um, Fusion 360. Okay. But I'm a SolidWorks guy. Yeah. Um, similar but different. Yeah. So I did my best to like show him the basics and he started doing stuff. And I just, I, I remember it was dinner time, and he was like, five more minutes. And yeah. He's just like <laughs> working on his model. And it's just like he had that insatiable desire to learn more and mm-hmm. more and more. And back in the early days of the channel that's that's why he was making videos he was learning how to do different things yeah and i mean he he was and he was a pioneer in a way of teaching people that you know if you want to learn something 
Just try it. Go do it. Yeah. Go try. Like you can, you can be a jack of all trades like you're talking about if you're just willing to try. I mean, yeah. Like literally think about his name. Yeah. His origin story. The king of random. Yeah. Because he didn't want to, he didn't want to put himself in a box. Mm -mm. So he used the word random because that (laughs) meant. You can't put that in a box. That that (laughs) meant it didn't matter what project he took on. Yeah. It was in his wheelhouse. Yeah. Much like hacksmith and making whatever you want. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's the, the one, of, one of the biggest takeaways mm-hmm. about making is don't put yourself in a box. Yes. Let yourself learn. Let yourself try different things. Yeah. Be okay with failing because mm-hmm. it's going to teach you something that's going to help you down the road. Absolutely. What is your dream project? Like, what, like, do you have one project where you're like, the tech might not be there or you're like, there is one project you're like, if we could ever make this happen, this would be like my dream come true so one of them we already did which is pretty cool and that's the aliens power loader mm-hmm. so the cool thing is you can go back on my channel at the end of the Lisium exoskeleton and i talk about a dream to make the alien power loader huh i don't know why i was like yeah it's probably like cost like 10 or twenty thousand dollars to make yeah no idea where i came up with that number <laughs> That's like a half million dollar project. Yeah. <laughs> and it is to date still our most impressive engineering project that the, the whole team came together and built this incredible thing that functions just like the movies, minus the legs, because sure. hydraulic legs are just a whole thing. Watch the hexapod video and you'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also been surprisingly reliable. We, we literally use it. I was going to say, you guys use it a lot. Yeah, we, we used it to pull mega hex when mega hex broke its leg. Yeah. Like it's a very capable, it's a 10,000 pound machine is capable of towing. It's capable of picking up things. It can lift a car with its like, yeah. it can lift over 3000 pounds per arm for how little like we actually planned. Cause I always joke about engineering. We do the fun part, the first <laughs> 1% and that's R and D to take a product to market. There's 99% more work to be done. Oh yeah. Reliability, warranty, customer support, manufacturing, mm-hmm. everything. We don't have to worry about that on YouTube because we're not we're not actually selling our projects. Right. We're just making a video. <laughs> but the power loader is an example of a project that we didn't think about long term, like the longevity right. of it, how reliable it would be. And for not thinking about that and not doing anything like that, we haven't even like done any maintenance on it in like really? a year and a half. That's incredible. And it still just works. <laughs> um, I actually I almost bought Eagle Prime from Megabots. So when Megabots went bankrupt, um, they put Eagle Prime on eBay. One of the founders reached yeah. out and was like, "You want to, you want to buy it? Do you want it?" And he he told me he's like, "I think it's going to go for like twenty five grand, mm-hmm. which is a steal." Yeah, that's a million dollar mech. Yeah. So at the time, I was like, "I don't know what I'm going to use it for, but it'd be kind of cool to have." I would like to have and it. <laughs> speaking back of experiences, I'm just like, you know how hilarious it would be to just have that in the parking lot and have the hardware store next door like go out into their parking lot yes. and just see this giant mech standing <laughs> over the fence. I'm like, this is sweet. So, anyways, I started bidding on it on eBay. It went above what me and Ian had agreed on. Yeah. I bid another couple thousand dollars. Sure. I lost by a hundred bucks. No, you didn't. Because the problem is eBay does that like auto bid thing. Yeah. Where it's just like a little more. Yeah. A little more. And I was ready to spend a little, little more. Yeah. And the timer ran out. I was like. A hundred dollars. I don't even know, to be honest, like getting it over the border from the US to Canada. How, how that, that would have gone. Work. Megabots and Eagle Prime specifically. Mm-hmm. 
um, was one of the first like big mechs out there. Yeah. And they spent millions of dollars making it. They had a huge team and whatnot. But the maintenance on that thing, every hour of function, it needed like a few thousand dollars to upgrade, you know? <laughs> yeah. And the fact that our power loader is still like kicking without yeah. doing anything. There are some like concerning parts. So <laughs> there's 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 a lot of things that we do need to fix. But in general, it's it's just worked. And yeah. I think that's really a testament to our team and our engineering. Another example, I, I was taking some pictures of Herc um, a few weeks ago mm-hmm. with a drone. I was yeah. like, I need some like aerial photography of this place. Sure. It's, it's pretty cool. And as I was doing it, I'm like, it could be cooler. I should have the power loader out front. <laughs> so it was just me in on the weekend. And I haven't actually used the power loader that much. Like I wasn't the lead designer on it. Yeah. Not the lead operator or anything like that. But I managed to turn it on, figure it out and drive it out by myself. I'm like, that's nice. not bad. No. <laughs> I, I should really learn more. But like the fact that I was able to do this without calling anyone for help yeah. was pretty cool. And again, <laughs> is a testament to like the machine. And we really want to upgrade it more. The dream is to get Sigourney Weaver to drive it. I mean, I don't know how to like reach Sigourney Weaver, but I feel like she'd want to. I'm like, she's yeah. the only class three mech operator out there. So that's incredible. <laughs> uh, if anyone knows her, hit me up. Hit up James because <laughs> that in would my DMs. be amazing. Yeah, please slide in the DMs. That'd be sick. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that was a dream project that was that was realized, which yeah. is really cool. And along the same vein. I, I just really like exoskeletons. I feel like they're some of the, the coolest sci-fi tech out there. Yeah. And I think it would just be fun having something that's like so controllable, so mobile. It makes you feel like a superhero. For sure. Like being able to like, I mean, you get that a bit with a power loader because you can really pick up a car and you're like, ha, ha, ha. You're like, I got a car. <laughs> but wearing something where it feels more like man and machine. Yes. Or woman and machine. You yeah. Know, person yeah. and machine. Yeah. Together. And you're able to like, work together to like do something so that's still a dream we're still a little ways off but we're getting there i mean Mm -hmm. looking at like boston dynamics with their bipedal robots and um tesla Mm -hmm. if and when they come out with their tesla bots yeah if you can get a robot that can do those things there's no reason why you couldn't make a suit to do those for someone yeah and despite this interest in exoskeletons over the past decade like there are companies working on um, exoskeleton aids for people in construction and mm-hmm, stuff which mm-hmm. which makes sense that's what you see people in sci-fi using it for yeah like building your spaceship with your mech suit or like yeah. fighting off the uh the robots in the matrix yeah like, you name it you're like augmenting one person to become for 10 sure or, yeah. or something like that we're still not there yet because the problem is all of those current things have a very specific problem that that company is trying to achieve mm. so whether it's just like oh, we just need someone to be able to pick up this heavy load and do this, but not manipulate it. Right. Because the issue is, A, humans are super complicated. Like, the, Oh, yeah. Like, biology is insane. Like, it's a- shoulder joints are insane. Yes. Getting a mechanical system that can do stuff like a human can is really hard. Mm-hmm. And that's why there will never really be, until technology, like, really advances, <laughs> um, a suit that does it all. Yeah. And that's the big thing holding us back. Speaking of, because you kind of mentioned something that's always bothered me as a scientist and in this science world, how these like Boston Dynamics, Tesla, they're all very segmented 
and yep. not working together towards the same tech goal. Yep. And I just want to know like what your <laughs> thoughts on that are, like your opinions. Cause my, my opinion is in, in this world of technology and this world of science, we should all be working together. It shouldn't be a money grab for who can yep. develop the thing <laughs> to get there faster. Like I would love to see all these companies be bring their top people together and be like, this is the information I have. This is the information I have. This is the information I have. How can we help each other solve these problems? Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's a bigger <laughs> systemic issue with society as a whole yeah. and capitalism. Yeah. While a lot of companies don't work together, there are elements that companies do work together on, mm -hmm. which does really help with innovation. But you're right. Like if we were able to combine all our forces together, we could do so much more. But speaking of robotics, um, we, for both the power loader and mega hex, we used Ross, which is the robot operating system. Mm. And that's actually a very community run, I believe open source platform Interesting. that um, different people from different robotics companies are all a part of. I know the CTO of ClearPath Robotics, which is a big robotics company in Canada. His name's Ryan and he's he's on the board for that. And, that's cool. And there is collaboration, even if you don't quite see it. See it, yeah. Um, could there be more? Sure. Obviously, but um, there are things that companies do do to help share yeah. share the knowledge, and that's why I like doing stuff on YouTube is because everything I do I'm sharing. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if if it might just seem like entertainment. If the right person sees that and mm -hmm. it sparks an idea, mm -hmm. that could go on to change something else or make something new, and that's why I like sharing what we do on YouTube. Yeah. And we're slowly starting to pivot to actually making things to sell. So we've got a website called hacksmith.store. And besides normal merch, like you know, the clothes I'm wearing and sure. stuff like that, <laughs> um, we're starting to make our own products. Oh, wow. That's and, awesome. Yeah. We're starting with the basics, again, mm -hmm. like apparel of and course. tools and things to help people make projects. But as we start building cooler things, there's a possibility of us building other businesses yeah. underneath the umbrella of Hacksmith Industries. For sure. And the neat thing with that is even if YouTube isn't our main business anymore. Right. Let's say all my dreams come true and Hacksmith Industries becomes a billion dollar company. Exoskeletons for people, amazing for sure. prosthetics so everyone can like run, jump and play. You, you name it. That, that's the dream. Um, I love that for you <laughs> because that's such an, like, an incredible dream because it's not something that is for you. It's to change the world and make the world a better place. And I just think that speaks to the volume and like the person that you are. You. And like <laughs> you're just an incredible person because you're not doing this for you. Yes, it is for you because it's you <laughs> doing them and you getting the satisfaction out of them. But you're changing the world and the way people view it. And I think that is just so incredible and like moving in so many ways because like we have talked about, it is so easy to get bogged in those numbers. Yeah. I want to leave a legacy, yeah. whatever I do. Yeah. And the reality is I probably already have. Mm -hmm. Like our videos have been seen 1.5 billion times. It's amazing. We've likely inspired thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people to go into engineering. Yeah. And they might go do something that changed the world. Mm -hmm. But speaking back to me, I feel like that's not enough. I, I want to do more. Yeah. I want to inspire more people. And ideally, I want to like create a company that actually also does things yeah. because 
unfortunately, because we do live in a capitalist society, right? you need money mm -hmm. to do things. Mm -hmm. And being a powerful company that has good ethics and good morals yeah. and wants to change the world means you can do so much more. Yep. Because unfortunately, on a on a much smaller scale, it's it's very hard to make a difference as as one person, especially if you aren't randomly rich. Yes. And this this kind of comes back to part of the reason I like the idea of running a billion dollar company and I get to be the eccentric CEO. Yeah. Is very much rooted in comics. Yes. <laughs> Think about all the superheroes: Batman, Tony Stark, uh, the Green Arrow. Yeah. They're all eccentric billionaires mm -hmm. who are actually doing doing good. Yeah. And besides doing good with their companies, they're also like being superheroes. Mm -hmm. And I, I see that like, why don't we have more eccentric CEOs? Right. You know, as as the YouTube channel grew, I was like, okay, some eccentric CEO is going to hire us to build him a Batmobile. My phone has not rang once. <laughs> Where are the eccentric CEOs? Yeah. So basically, as as my YouTube channel grew, I'm like, I guess, okay, I got to be the CEO. So yeah. I've got to build a company that can generate wealth to allow me to have a bigger impact mm -hmm. on the world. Might as well become one myself, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I do believe that you can do it. And like your team up in Canada is mind boggling. Everything that you guys do, I look at. And the trick is to hire people smarter than you are. Yeah, I need that. <laughs> because I might be a jack of all trades, but I hire people who know far more than me at different things. But you know what I love about that? Because I have always said this and I will forever say it. I never want to be the smartest person in a room. Exactly. There is always something to learn. There's always something to absorb. There's always something to grow with. And I think what's so cool is you get to experience that every single day. Working like, on it. Yeah. Like you get to be in a place where, you know, you get to absorb and listen and like learn from awesome people. And like your team looks just like it's a blast because people are just in there creating and making and making mistakes and asking for advice and like leaning on one another. And like, to me, that is science that like science is a, is a community, yep. multiple yeah. people's yep. labs. It's a community. It's a family. It's these people all relying on one another to make something happen. And Definitely. I think that's so cool. So speaking more on that, I'm actually, I'm starting to play with the idea of doing a kind of new series. So I was actually, I was hanging out with Nate. Yeah. And I was hanging out with him on the weekend and he showed me how to make a knife. Yeah. And I had a blast. And it was like the first time I had like learned something practical mm -hmm. in a short period of time from someone who was really good at it. Yeah. And I was like, I've been missing this for like a long time because the the issue with me building the business for so long is I got away from the actual engineering because I was trying to build up the company. Right. Yeah. And it ended up being my employees who were doing all the engineering, which mm -hmm. is what I previously loved. Yeah. And that actually kind of put me at a crossroads of like, what do I want to be doing? Yeah. And I think it is I need to come back to making things. Mm -hmm. So the thought I had was, you know, it'd be kind of a really cool collab series for me to travel around. Yeah. And meet other YouTubers and have them teach me something that I don't know. Let's let's not even like lock it down to makers. Like anyone i'd love to travel and like meet a professional stuntman and then yeah. do some stunts with him sure and i i think that would be a really fun video series i think i'd have a lot of fun personally and i think the audience would really appreciate like coming in and seeing us but yeah that's kind of something i've been playing with to like get back into it yeah so then the the big question for me is how do i how do i do this and also like help the business grow because mm -hmm trying to figure out how to have it grow by itself yes is is really the next step and that's what we're doing right now like yeah because 
for Hacksmith Industries to become a billion dollar company, it can't be me charging and <laughs> making it a billion dollar company. It's gotta yeah. be it's gotta be a team effort, a company effort. It's gotta mm-hmm. it's gotta scale in its own ways. And that's why we're really excited about Hacksmith.stores because it's starting to grow on its own. Yeah. And it's enabling me to do product design, mm-hmm. which is something I've never actually done before. That's I've so made fun. lots of products. Sure. But when a product is a prototype, there's all these things that you miss. It's very different. And um, my attention to detail. I like making cool things. Like mm-hmm. my goal with Hacksmith.store is to be able to hand you a product yeah. and you to go, wow, mm-hmm. this is cool. Yeah. And for me to, and that's another thing besides inspiring people, I'd love, I'd love people to be able to go to the store and like pick up something off the shelf that I designed and made. Yeah. So, uh, <gasps> oh my gosh, I feel so special. Oh my gosh, it's like a whole goodie bag. <laughs> this is amazing. So that's just a small selection of some of our products. I got you a t-shirt. Um, the Pocket Ref book is awesome. I've used that book since I was in engineering school. So engineering, this is such, do you guys like give these like packs out? Like, is this like a pack that people no, can this was, buy? This is custom for you. <gasps> <laughs> this is so amazing. Sunglasses. Oh my gosh, I feel so cool. <laughs> I've actually never felt cooler in my life. I would I, I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> like this is such a cool moment you don't even understand. <laughs> like I'm like geeking so hard right now. <laughs> it's like oozing out of me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> this is this is so awesome. No, this reference book I'm so soaked about because these are literally like So that that book is amazing. Thomas Glover, the offer. Uh-huh. He's got like three or four doctorates. And he's wow. spent the last like 20 or 30 years of his life making reference books. And if I invented a time machine, this is the book I would take back with me to completely disrupt human history because it's yeah. got everything in there that if you had before oh those gosh. things were invented. Yeah, you, you can just open it up to any page. What'd you find? The parabola, <laughs> the <laughs> ellipse, the equation. I'm having PTSD from like college right now <laughs> looking at these equations. Full engineering stuff in there. Every unit conversion you could ever think of, periodic table, um, construction stuff like joist spacing and how much load a building can take, um, bolts, like how strong is a bolt, how, how strong in shear versus tensile, weird things like skid marks. Calculate the speed of the vehicle that made those skid marks well, this makes based on the to... length of the skid mark. And you can actually estimate what speed the vehicle is traveling at. This makes me want to go do a project right now just so I can use this. There's first aid stuff in there. There's oh my gosh, there's knots. a hurricane intensity scale. There's there's literally everything in that book. And um, weather. It's it's pretty cool. And I'm doing my part to share that book with the world. And this is this is the kind of cool thing. So if you look at the cover. Oh my gosh, the dew points and temperatures in it. Sorry. Okay. So if you look <laughs> at the cover, it's got a Hacksmith logo on it as well. Yeah. And we're actually just a distributor for Pocket Ref. We sell it at the exact same price that you buy at a bookstore. The Even only has difference. Herc. Yeah. The, the only difference is it's got our logo on the front. And um, the reason I discovered that is because they actually offer that as a service. And really? the main people who buy it actually use that as a business card. So if wow. think about it. If you have a client who's an engineer or anything, yeah, you give them this $20 book and they use that book every once in a while and they see your logo every day. Yeah. So quite literally, I'm doing the exact same thing, but instead of just handing them out to my business contacts or my clients, right. I'm reselling them with our audience and sharing how awesome they are. Okay, everyone needs this book. I'm not even <laughs> lying. Like you just need this. Like if anyone is a maker or curious about anything, this has sandpaper and abrasive in it. Like this is like there are glue types. 
Yep. For any any question you could ever have, it's in this. Like this is just a good book to have. If you grab the the next book in there, this oh, is this is nice. the Inventor's Logbook. So this is geared towards our uh, new and aspiring makers. This is so pretty cool. Crazy. We did the the custom Hacksmith print, like our sensory overload shirt. So the neat thing about this notebook is it's not actually paper. So what it's actually it's actually recycled from stone in this process that I probably can't explain. <laughs> But the neat thing about it is you can write on it uh-huh. and it's waterproof. <gasps> you can get this thing completely soaked and it won't ruin your notes. We're talking ink or pencil. It just doesn't wipe off. This is amazing. So that's cool. <laughs> but I also went and compiled my own set of tables in the front of the book of some of the most useful things that I find when I'm making things. So one of the big things that I spent quite a bit of time compiling is um, imperial and metric bolt specifications. So tap and drill charts for how to tap the hole and then okay. how strong the bolt is. Because how often you're like, is this going to be strong enough? You can literally actually, look it up yeah, a in lot this of the chart. Time. That and is if, you so keep, cool. if you keep thumbing through the pages, there's also um, some basic electrical engineering. There's a periodic table in there. There's pipe threads. There's wire gauges, wow. which for a lot of our projects, it's like, how big of a wire do you need to run this much current? I just started learning about wire gauges, doing projects yeah. like I'm working on and stuff like because I had no one to teach you that. So I'm just <laughs> out here learning on the fly. James, this is a work <laughs> of art and a work of love. And there's quite a few weeks of me compiling that stuff. Like anyone... and that, that's the thing I like about what I'm doing with Hacksmith Retail is I get to spend that extra extra 110 yeah. percent on these things because i know it's going to be worthwhile so much more down the road whereas like we have to sometimes cut corners on projects because we need to get the video out right and the reality is since the product is not being in anyone else's hands mm -hmm. it doesn't have to fulfill all the check marks right whereas with products i can take that little extra time to really make it something special this is so amazing so one of the side things that we want to we want to do in the future that we're we're going to start doing on a local scale is we're going to start doing some workshops and someday i'd love to have some kind of like actual like hacksmith industries internship yeah because right now we, we say we have the hacksmith industries internship which we do mm -hmm. but it's rather specifically for students in engineering programs to come sure. work for us yeah what is, oh is this a it's the ultimate screwdriver oh my so gosh. you just push the one you want up it's way. like the pins I grew up with. <laughs> so that is actually from a company called Retractabit, okay. which is also a fellow company from Kitchener, Ontario. I was going to say, I got a, I got a leaf on the back. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's actually a family run business. And I've, I've used these tools for years. Uh -huh. You can buy them at the local hardware stores. And we decided to partner with them to sell them to our audience. So this one, it's, it's a manual push up uh -huh. and then it locks and you've got your flat head your um, Torx, you've got Phillips, you name it. I'm never going to need another one anywhere <laughs> I live. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I got this one. I got all the screwdrivers I could ever need in my life. There's one more thing, but I don't have it yet, so I'll have to mail it to you. Oh. But we're coming out with our second gen mini saber, which is really cool. So this is, this is a product that we have designed from the ground up. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know what this is, our mini saber is basically this, this little lighter that you fill with butane, mm -hmm. like a barbecue lighter, but it produces a propane torch-like flame. Which is sweet. So it's like a flame as long as the handle, which is really <laughs> cool. So anyway, we, we took the knowledge we learned from that product, which we've sold a few thousand of them. Yeah. Like they're awesome. And we designed our own completely metal case. It's got a bit of a longer flame. Uh-huh. 
And then the other neat thing is we've added color changing to it. Shut up. So we've actually got these inserts that you can put into it um, to change the flame from blue to red and green. And the factory is currently working on purple. That is, really is cool. amazing. So it's like this little metal, I call it the pizza table. Sure. You know, a little plastic pizza yeah. thing to stop the pizza from being squished. Uh-huh. It kind of looks like that. And you literally just push it into the, the tip of the mini saver. And then it turns it a brilliant red or a brilliant green, which is really cool and very lightsaber-like. Yes. Because it's not just blue. So that's also going to be um, for sale with these mini savers when we launch them. And it's just super cool. And the nice thing is because we made it more like a mini saver, it's it's round. Mm-hmm. The other one was like rectangular. Yeah. So because it's round, the gas tank's actually like three times the size. Right. And this thing will last for over 20 minutes on one refill. We're hoping it really takes off because yeah. the neat thing is as Hacksmith Retail really starts growing, that's going to enable a lot of these other dreams I have for the company because it's distancing ourselves from YouTube, which everyone knows is kind of a yep. unstable platform to make money on. Mm-hmm. Views go up, views go down. The algorithm treats you different ways. If Hacksmith Retail grows to really help the business continue growing, mm-hmm. which kind of frees us from making specific YouTube videos and having to worry about getting views in order to keep the lights on, yeah, it means we'll be able to do a lot bigger things with the company and, and change the world more. Mm-hmm. And even if YouTube becomes a smaller part of the business, I still want to keep making videos. Oh, yeah. So I think one of the big issues with companies out there is there is a lack of transparency out there. Yeah. So I want to be the cool company that you're like, wow, that's a cool company and show you what's going on. Yeah. So show you the products we're developing and whatnot. Like keep making those YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. One of those dreams is like if we get to the point where like budgeting projects is not a concern. I would love to have teams of engineers oh, yeah. to fulfill all of my random ideas, to be able to walk into work and check out engineer team A working on a Batmobile, yeah. team B to work on this. Because yeah. the beauty with having all those, like I've got ADHD and a bit of OCD <laughs> and Don't we all? I have more ideas than I have time to do. Yeah. But if I had a huge team of engineers, every day I could be like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. Oh, let's let's... Let's focus on this a little bit. Oh, let's work on this project. Because the reality is these projects could take a long time. They do. And that's a big issue with YouTube in general is like burnout. Mm -hmm. If you work on making videos for a long time or making a project for a long time, you you start losing a bit of that passion. Yeah. And I figure if I just have all these different projects going on at once, I'll be able to satiate my ideation and live out all these dreams and, and yeah, fantasy yeah, and absolutely. You, know? <laughs> you can do whatever you want, and like, and that's I think the cool part about what you're doing is you have made it limitless. Like you're giving people the opportunity to express and create at Herc, and that's so cool. That's the hope because the the nice thing with the property is it's it's 18 acres. There's room to expand. So That's it's just awesome. like until we become a billion dollar company and then we need multiple campuses. Yeah. <laughs> um, this campus will do just fine for quite a long time. Yeah. And my hope, the other the other dream of the company is basically becoming the ultimate skunk works. Do you know mm-hmm. the term skunk works? Mm-mm. So skunk works, I believe, was coined by the uh, US military okay. back in the day. And basically it was like, we need to invent X. Oh. And the government's like, here, have all this money. Do it. And it's basically a ragtag team of engineers. That's awesome. Who don't have to like go through all the the proper right. framework to make something because most businesses like innovation can be stifled because it's you gotta think about your bottom line, you gotta mm-hmm. think all all this stuff. But a skunk works, and that's where a lot of 
technologies, like a lot of like fighter jets and things were, developed. were invented. And it was because engineers were given free reign to really like take their idea and go with it and yeah. not be worried about like selling it, not be worried about the money needed to build it. Yeah. So part of the goal with Herc is to have all manufacturing technologies under one roof. That's awesome. Which means it doesn't matter what your idea is, we can make it happen. Yeah. And part of that hope is to bring more collaboration in, bring in other inspiring minds, yeah. other makers, other YouTubers, creators, engineers, you name it, mm -hmm. and give them the resources yeah. to make something. Absolutely. I think it's incredible. I can't wait to see what's like in the future for Herc and everything and for you especially if you could give this is our last question for you if you could give one piece of advice to a younger individual whether you picture yourself or just anyone out there what would that little piece of advice be well the main one is just never stop learning the internet is such an incredible resource mm -hmm. learning how to use it to to better yourself yeah to better your career your, your passions, whatever you're doing, it's possible. Mm -hmm. You can learn almost anything from the internet. Companies still care about if you have a degree or not, but the reality is if you're an inspired mind and you want to do something and you have the determination to do it, as long as you have an internet connection, you have the capability to change the world. Yeah. Because there's so much info out there and it's free. Mm -hmm. As long as you have internet access, go to an internet cafe learn the library the library Those still exists yeah <laughs> um so yeah that would be my main advice is don't wait for someone to show you how start trying yourself oh i needed that i needed to hear that <laughs> <laughs> that hit home for me james thank you so much for being here with us today thank talking you. for all these goodies i can't wait to <laughs> literally go explore and sit on the couch and curl up with some coffee every morning and look at this pocket reference book because it's going to be awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being here. Uh, it's been an absolute honor. And I just wanted to say you're doing an amazing job oh, upholding thanks. Grant's legacy. <laughs> and to everyone watching, like, Grace is doing a fantastic job here at King of Random. And, you know, it's, it's awesome. Thank you. That means a lot. Like, more than you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. All right, guys. We will see you next week with another podcast. Until then, stay random and keep being curious. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.